Welcome to session 58 of the Law of One. Are you tired of pyramids already? I hope not, because we have a lot more to talk about pyramids and some crystal healing. Let's crystallize. So the discussion of pyramids definitely continues here and it doesn't stop. We're still going to have a couple more sessions, at least I think, where we continue to talk about pyramids, but not in the sense that we have been talking about it. So it's going to be interesting information, but to my liking is not the most, um, should I say efficient for spiritual evolution which is really the topics that we're interested in the Law of One, or I am interested. It's a pretty good moment to remark that people use the Law of One for whatever purpose they have, from, I mean, literally from Luciferian, satanic uh, knowledge, because it's the Law of One that doesn't blink either to the negative or to the positive, to the dark or the light, or all the way up to spiritual evolution in the positive path. So. In my case, I'm interested not in ufology, no, not in pyramids or magic or rituals and stuff like that, but the workings of the universe and who we are. I'm interested in the mystic aspect, the mystical aspect of this law of one. Speaking of reminders, remember that you have a timestamp here along the line of the timeline of YouTube if you want to go and skip to certain questions. I do that for every video that is relevant, except for last video, because it was just only one question. So it wasn't necessary. Um, another reminder, I don't know why I'm getting all these reminders right now, but remember that this is just my interpretations. Don't believe anything I say because I said so. Um, if anything, just use it as inspiration for you to create your own model of this reality. I'm just a guy talking about the law of one. I'm not teaching it. I'm not interpreting even. I'm just talking. That's, uh, let's take any, uh, any adjective out of me and what I do. So with that, we're getting fun with session 58 and everything else that we do in this channel. And this is going to be a relatively long session. I might divide it into two parts. I'm not sure yet because some of the information is not too deep. So we'll see, but we can start right away. Um, I don't think I have any more reminders, but to start right away with question number three, I skipped one and two because they are uh, referring to Carla as usual, and uh, Don asked how is the instrument in question one, then in question, uh, the answer was she's as previously stated. Question two was, um, I think they said that they had some, the instrument had some, some distortions. Uh, yeah, the physical distortions have increased and that was due to arthritis for those who don't know. Carla suffered from arthritis at a very young age, so the negative contact that they had, the negative entity that was um, pestering them in the contact, 
could not do any incursion for the usual uh, deviations of a positive contact, which is trying to aggrandize the ego or give um, a direction towards non uh, or transient questions rather. And because they couldn't succeed that way, they just attacked her physically on her weaknesses. And that meant arthritis was intensified. So that is the second question. And the third question, we can go right away. You can go read these questions, of course. I'm not just I'm just not reading it because I don't think they are very relevant. So question three, Don asks, we have tried healing with the diamond crystal. I have tried both using the crystal around my neck and dangling it from a chain under my right hand. I think that possibly that to do the best work on the wrist, I should dangle the crystal just below my right hand from a distance of just a centimeter or two holding it directly above the wrist. Is this correct? Rosses, this would be appropriate if you were practice at your healing arts. To work with a powerful crystal such as you have, that would be the diamond, while unable to perceive the magnetic flux of the subtle bodies is perhaps the same as recommending that the beginner with saw and nail create the Vatican. There is great art in the use of the swan crystal at this point in your development, you would do well to work with the unpowerful crystals in ascertaining not only the physical major energy centers, but also the physical secondary and tertiary energy centers, and then begin to find the corresponding subtle body energy centers. In this way, you may activate your own inner vision, which is the recommended path for anybody who wants to start healing metaphysical healing, energy healing, um, at least with crystal healing. I know there is all kinds of healing and while I do have my opinions on all of this, I would first address what Ra is saying here specifically and then I'll go on my rant, which is that Don wanted to heal Carla. They were asking questions to Ra about how to do this, how to use the crystal, what to do and so on. And at best they were beginners, they were newbies to healing. And while Don was trying their best to heal Carla, this required of course a lot more training and getting used to the workings, the mechanics, the dynamics of the healing, the energy healing. So Don is asking if the pendulum as he used, and he used it with a diamond, which is of course a super powerful crystal. Now what Ra is saying here is that, uh, first of all, they say that uh, to work with a powerful crystal like the diamond, without being able to perceive the, the magnetic flux of subtle bodies, which we'll get to, is like recommending a beginner uh, to start building the Vatican with, um, uh, what do they say, nail and saw. So there is uh, very little tools to work and build the Vatican, plus it's a beginner. And the Vatican in this case, you know, it's a magnanimous structure, of course, built with the beautiful geometry that it is. 
and I know, I know people have their uh, opinions about the Vatican, but say what you will, the Masons, or the, uh, yeah, the Masons that work on building this, they knew a lot of the geometrists needed, which again, we'll get to in this, um, in this session. So it requires a lot of skill. And in essence, the analogy is just to tell uh, Don, there is, there is a lot to learn before you can actually use a crystal like, uh, like the diamond. And they say that there is great art in use of swan crystal. And they say at this part of your development or training as a healer, you do well to use unpowerful crystals in just ascertaining the physical major energy centers. So this is practice. This is like in med school when they teach you the different parts of the body and how to, uh, the interaction between them and just the, uh, uh, the overall information. So now you're just finding where the energy centers are, the primary, secondary, well, you know what the primaries are, but the secondary and tertiary, um, those are the most important. So, and then to begin to find the corresponding subtle body energy centers, which is something else. And in this way, you may activate your own inner vision. So you require your inner vision to be activated. This is something that's beyond my perception, of course, and you can tell that some people have some intuitive knowledge of this. Even people who give massage, which is a form of healing. I have spoken to someone who is um, very sensitive to this and they know where to find the points where the person's having some blockages. And while this doesn't mean that they heal them in the sense of the, uh, say the queen's cha uh, the king's chamber, you know, there is some uh, catalyst made available for the person if the person is receptive of course this doesn't mean that you go to like a uh, say a surgery room and you just lay there and let the people do all the work remember the healed or the healed person is the one doing the work not the healer the healer is just providing the environment and the energy available for the person to say Okay, I accept that new configuration of energy, which is mind, com completely and absolutely mind. But for that, you require inner vision. So that's what they recommended to Don. In any case, Don continues asking what type of crystal should be used for that. And Ra, surprisingly, they say, you may use any dangling weight of symmetrical form for your purpose is not to disturb or manipulate these energy centers, but merely to locate them and become aware of what they feel like when in a balanced state and when in an unbalanced or blocked state. So surprising because uh, I would think that certain materials, uh, crystals for this matter, would be more sensitive to um, to sense, right? To locate sense. I mean, that's sensing where the energy centers are. But apparently, any dangling weight. I think if now memory serves, I remember people using pendulums of any kind. It could be a pen, 
you, know, you grab a pen and you hang something on it and it'll start moving. I suppose all material is sensitive to these vortices um, of energy. And so for practice, it's almost like practicing on a dummy or a cadaver, a corpse, uh, and dissecting the parts and so on. Well, similarly, you can use just, you know, dead weight or anything that is not with the purpose of disturbing or manipulating these energy centers like Ra says. So, um, that kind of makes sense just for locating them and then becoming aware of what they feel like when in a balanced state and when in an unbalanced state or blocked state. So again, this is training. This is basic training for how to work with crystals and actually just to know where the energy centers are. This is exploring the, the subtle bodies that Ra mentioned and you don't need a crystal for that. You can use anything as long as you are paying attention and finding and locating these energy centers. But most importantly, I think, is when they say, uh, what becoming aware of what they feel like when in a balanced state and when in an unbalanced or blocked state. So I think Don is going to inquire a little bit more on this and say, am I correct in assuming that what I would do would be to dangle a weight approximately two feet below my hand and place it over the body. And when the weight started moving in a clockwise rotational direction, it would indicate an unblock energy center. Is this correct? Ra says, the measurement from hand to weight is unimportant and at your discretion. The circular motion shows an unblock energy center, however, some entities are polarized, the reverse of others, and therefore it is well to test the form of normal energy spirals before beginning the procedure. So I don't think there is enough information for me to speculate further, but I can take a couple of things here, especially because Don is saying, well, first of all, the distance, two feet over the body and the weight of the pendulum or the crystal, is um, completely at the person's discernment, whatever you want to uh, put it. So there is no distance. It's uh, it depends on you. But um, the movement, which is clockwise, this is interesting. There's um, there, there are several uh, things that are you're told that if they rotate clockwise, that means there is a positive energy or there is a positive direction of the energy. And that's a way of measuring things. And you can test this. I believe I forgot what the, the name of this seed that is found in India, or at least prominently in India, where they make the beads, the, the rosary beads for meditation. I forgot the name of that exact um, seed. But you use it. You grab this um, this this necklace or this rosary, and you use a piece of paper, and you can sense its energy moving clockwise. And if you crumble the piece of paper, then start moving in a different direction because now you have created an, an asymmetry in the geometry of the paper itself. I'm sure if you make like an origami or something, it'll rotate clockwise again. 
but um, it all it's all a response to to geometry to um, I would say to organization and that's what crystals are crystals are also organization of the atoms there present in the crystal which is very neatly packed but the the movement and this is the um, this is the key thing here I think it's important is that Ra says the circular motion shows an unblocked energy center so if it's moving circular right it's it's an unblocked energy center however some entities are polarized the reverse of others and therefore it is well to test the form of normal energy spirals before beginning the procedure so i'm not sure again i am not at all um, familiar with all of these mechanisms and so i can only speculate a couple of things well the first is that if a circular motion shows unblocked energy centers what is an unblocked or a blocked energy center move like um is it left to right right to left or something like that or is it in the opposite direction did ra mean to say circular motion clockwise i don't think so because they would have said clockwise so i'm not sure and this is where i say that i don't have enough information to speculate too much but one thing that they are remarking is that some entities are polarized the reverse of others does that mean that they are they have negative polarizations or does that mean that their positive polarization or balance uh, state probably more the, the the latter than the former but in 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 their un unblocked uh, configuration then they rotate uh, opposite than other people reverse than others so it is well to perform the test of normal energy spirals before beginning the procedure does that mean know your patient? I don't know. Again, this is all out of my pay rates, so I can't really say much. But um, if you guys have any ideas, please throw it in the comments. I would love to read them. So Don says, how would you test this testing of the polarity of the people and their vortices? And Ross says in question six, a test is done by first holding the weight over your own hand and observing your particular configuration, then using the other cell's hand, repeat the procedure. What does that mean? I don't know. Um, holding it over my hand is going to show my particular configuration. Yeah. But then using it on the other's hand, how would I, know, I, how would I know maybe the hand is neutral? I don't know. Um, could this be a way of knowing how uh, a person is polarized? More research on this is needed, or maybe more research on this needs to be... Uh, I need to become aware of more research on this to keep talking about it. But that's what Ra is saying. Um, using it on your hand and then on other people's hand. You bet I'm going to do this on Adrian and Julie once I'm done here. <laughs> Just to see it on my own hand and see what happens. And then repeat the procedure. So I guess repeat the procedure. But how would you know? How would you know? More questions are needed here. How would you know that if I tested on, say... You see, we have... Um, and I know I love Scott Mandelker's take on the secondary and tertiary 
energy centers, at least the secondary. I think he calls them the ankle, knee, and hips for uh, first, second, and third chakras. So that would, those would be, say, root chakra. Primary is at the base of the spine. Root secondary chakra would be the ankles. And then you go up to solar plexus, third uh, primary, right uh, over the navel and up to the sternum, I believe. That's where uh, your solar plexus is. And then a secondary would be the knees. Now, likewise, would be the calf for the sacral, the um, orange energy center would be the calf. And then the thigh would be for the heart. And then the shoulders would be, shoulders and hips would be the fifth chakra or throat chakra. So those are the secondary. I don't know what the tertiaries would be. So maybe measuring that, you know, repeat the procedure in each one of those just to see how they are. So again, more research needs to be done and I become aware of it for me to to say anything of value, to be honest. So with that, we can go into question seven. And this is where the line of healing uh, questions stops, where Don says, Now, in the case of the instrument, we are concerned with the healing of the wrists and hands. Would I then test the energy center of the instrument's hand and wrist area? Is this correct? Ra says, we have given you general information regarding this, form, regarding this form of healing and have explicated the instrument's condition. There is a line beyond which information is an intrusion upon the law of confusion. So Ra is saying this is the line where we cannot give more information because that would be an intrusion upon uh, your free will. That's the law of confusion. And, um, yeah, they, they gave information about the form of healing, which is crystal, pendulum, sensing, vortices, energy centers, and have talked about the instrument's condition. So with those two elements, they could go on and keeping, uh, enhancing or expanding the information on healing and practicing and exploring this. So. They say we cannot say anything further and guide you to what to do on the wrist and hand and so on. So this is where Don says, okay. In fact, if you read the raw contact or the re-listen version, you would find that there is a long pause here. I forget what the, it's like a almost a two minute pause. And I think this is because Don realized that he shouldn't ask more questions about this. And now we focus more on Pyramids. We go more for pyramids. Yes, I know you love it. So let's go into it. So Don says in question eight, I would like to trace the energy patterns and what is actually happening with these patterns and flow of energy in a couple of instances. I will first take the pyramid shape and trace the energy that is focused somehow by the shape. I will make a statement and let you correct it. I think that the pyramid can be in any orientation and provide some focusing of spiraling energy, but the greatest focusing occurs when one side of it is precisely parallel to magnetic north. Is this correct? 
Ra says, this is substantially correct, with one addition. If one corner is oriented to the magnetic north, the energy will be enhanced in, in, in its focus also. Um, I'm going to read the next question, because um, Don says, do you mean that if I drew a line through two opposite corners of the pyramid at the base and aimed at, at magnetic north, that would be precisely 45 degrees out of the orientation of one side aimed at magnetic north, it would work just as well? Is that what you're saying? And Ross says, it would work much better than if the pyramid shape were quite unaligned. It would not work quite as efficiently as the aforementioned configuration. So, this question um, is a little fuzzy to me because, or the set of questions, because Don is saying, okay, I want to know a little bit more about how the energies work um, within the shape of the pyramid. And I'm going to make a statement and let you correct it. And he says that basically, if you have north, we can see it in this 2D plane, right? Say north is the upward part of the screen. And we have a pyramid, which I'm um, sorry, I don't have my pyramid here, but I do have my phone. And so imagine that one side of the pyramid is uh, the phone and is aligned directly no uh, towards magnetic north. Then would that increase the, um, uh, intensify the energy or harmonize it rather? What it says, focusing. The greatest focusing occurs when uh, one side of it is precisely parallel to magnetic north. So it is completely aligned with magnetic north. And Ra says, this is, yeah, it's, uh, it's okay. But if one corner is oriented to the magnetic north, then the energy will be enhanced in its focus also. So this, and, and Don, this is why I read the two questions together, because Don says, and to me is very perceptive that he says, so if I tilt the pyramid like so and draw a line between one corner and the other one, and that is aligned to magnetic north, right? That's 45 degrees. That's why he makes the distinction. This would be 45 degrees. This would be 90 degrees, 90 degrees. So 45 degrees, right? Line to line. Would that work just as well? And now Ross says that it would work much better than if the pyramid shape were quite unaligned. Okay, that makes sense. If the pyramid is just whatever, uh, not aligned anywhere. Uh, it would not work quite as efficiently as the aforementioned configuration. But Don is saying exactly what Ra said in the other one. Could this be one of Ra's mistake in terms of coordinates here? Perhaps, because to me, they're talking about the same thing. What Ross suggested and what Don perceptively uh, illustrated by saying that if he he takes a line between corner and corner, two opposite corners, right? That would be not um, next to each other, but the opposite corner. So, like if if you look at upsa uh, from from the top, you would see an octahedron, right? And this octahedron if there is a line between the bottom and the top of this octahedron, 
and that is aligned with the magnetic north, then that is exactly 45 degrees and that is what Ross said. I'm not sure. But Ross says uh, it would work, it would not work as efficiently as what they say. I don't know if you can understand this better than I do, please, because I feel confused. <laughs> uh, maybe my geometry is wrong. I, I, I don't know. But in any case, this is quite unimportant, again, for the purposes that I like to extract out of the raw material. So we continue with question 10. Would the pyramid shape work just as well right side up as upside down with respect to the surface of the Earth, assuming the magnetic alignment was the same in both cases? Ross says, we do not penetrate your query. The reverse shape of the pyramid reverses the effects of the pyramid further. Uh, there's, a, there's a period there, sorry. So they say, I'll repeat it again. We do not penetrate your query. The reverse shape of the pyramid reverses the effects of the pyramid. Further, it is difficult to build such a structure, point down. Perhaps we have misinterpreted your query. So I'm just gonna read what Don says next. He says, I use this question only to understand the way the pyramid focuses light, not to the purpose of using one. I was just saying if we did build a pyramid point down, would it focus at the queen's chamber position or just below it, the same way as it would if it were point up? Ross says, it would only work thusly if an entity's polarity were for some reason reversed. <laughs> so um, you're gonna see with the next questions that Don has, that what he wanted to know was, uh, is the pyramid, does the base of the pyramid need to be on the floor of the earth, basically? If I somehow suspended a pyramid upside down on, like we see in so many science fiction movies and, and video games too, pyramids upside down, would it work the same? And, um, that's what Ra said, uh, I don't know if I understand, but the reverse pyramid would reverse the effects of the pyramid. Effectively, sure, that I guess there, uh, which is going to be clarified a little bit further in the next question or two. But <laughs> what Ra is saying is that, you know, the, the, yeah, the, the effects are going to be reversed, meaning that the concentration is going to be now towards the center of the earth and not towards the sky, I guess. And <laughs> I just love that they say, uh, further, you know, it's kind of difficult to build such a structure, point down. So uh, what are you talking about, Don? <laughs> so Don then clarifies and says, you know, I just wanted to know if, not that we're going to build it, but... Um, and, you know, what, how would that affect the, say, would it focus at the Queen's Chamber position or just below it? Um, and this, this, again, I think it's the coordinates that Don is using for up and down as we know it on planet Earth. Down is towards the center of the Earth, up is towards the sky. But metaphysically, this doesn't work this way, as we'll find out soon. And Ra says uh, that it would only work uh, thusly if an entity's polarity were of some for some reason reversed. So it is, of course, the the concentration of the energy 
is not the same as if the pyramid was up. Um, in the same way that, uh, I just don't have a good example for this, but you can, it, this is going to become more clear. <laughs> what I do think is funny when is when Ra says that if for some reason the entity's polarity were reversed, so, you know, our energy centers were reversed, then it would work within the upside down pyramid. So again, this is, this is good questions just to find out how the pyramid works. But the, uh, you know, the, the, the illustrations that we get are kind of silly or fun to imagine. So this is going to make more sense. I, I promise you. And then Don says, then the lines of spiraling, of spiraling light energy, do they originate from a position toward the center of the earth and radiate outward from that point? Ross says the pyramid shape is a collector which draws the in-streaming energy from what you would call or term the bottom or base and allows this energy to spiral upward in align with the apex of this shape. This is also true if a pyramid shape is upended. The energy is not earth energy as we understand your question, but it's light energy, which is omnipresent. So here is the description of how the pyramid works as a shape and not as a sort of collector of uh, geothermal uh, energy, right? Which is um, the heat of the earth being obviously coming from the center of the earth radiating out, right? So I think that would be the earth energy that Ra is talking about. That's not how the pyramid works. It's not that energy. They're talking about metaphysical energy which they call um, the light energy, which is omnipresent. This light energy is love light, is intelligent energy, is the light with a capital L, the third primal distortion of the law of one, the principle of light, capital L again, which is omnipresent. This is important to know. In the darkness, in the vacuum of space, in a cave, wherever, this light is available. This is intelligent energy. It is potentiated intelligent infinity, which exists everywhere in the universe. It's omnipresent. It's just everywhere. So the way the pyramid works is a sort of collector, like they say, and they're going to use the word funnel later on, but I'm just going to use it here for you to keep grasping this, this, the, these workings of the pyramid. It collects and concentrates the energy of, of intelligent energy. And this is a concentration because of the geometry of the pyramid. And so notice that they say the pyramid shape and not the pyramid itself, but the pyramid shape is a collector which draws the in-streaming energy from what you will call the uh, the bottom or base so this is where at the beginning of the pyramid right this is where most of the energy is being concentrated i suppose or not most of the energy but um, the outer rims of the pyramid is where it's being collected and allows this energy to spiral upward in a spiral um, in a spiral uh, line with the apex of the shape. So 
you can see it as a concentration of it is a molding i, I i'm not even going to call it even though it is spiraling up for sure but even to illustrate it better i would say that is a molding of the ever-present energy that exists in all the universe so a pyramid so will concentrate and um, model the energy inside in a specific pattern of movement which again is present everywhere but the pyramid is concentrating it it's making it available for a specific configuration and that's why the spiraling energies are used for anybody because they're not a specific uh, configuration for particular individuals but for anybody it's a universal configuration for the healing and the initiation and also for energizing as we'll find out soon but this is the the way a pyramid works and it doesn't matter um, if it's um, if it's upended or not this is what is going to do it doesn't matter if it's sideways if it's pointing to the other side you can use a pyramid and put it here and it's going to energize you even uh, the same way as if you put it on you know on the bottom of your uh, chair or your bed or behind uh, below a pillow whatever it doesn't matter it'll work you can see it as a almost like a laser and they use the word laser actually here so in any case this is how it works and i think there's more questions about this so don says does it matter if the pyramid is solid or is made of four thin sides or is there a difference in effect between those two makes ra says as an energy collector the shape itself is the only requirement from the standpoint of the practical needs of your body complexes if one is to house one's self in such a shape it is well that this shape be solid sided in order to avoid being inundated by other stimuli so again just a highlight of when they say the shape itself is the only requirement for energy collector or collecting why because the shape the geometry is the only thing that matters this is why um geometry is so important for everything you see geometry is responsive to metaphysical energies or metaphysical energies are responsive to geometry uh, i mean both go hand in hand and um um this um uh this researcher that did uh i forgot his name oh god yes i forgot his name but the guy that did the the research i believe he was japanese um uh, i feel like looking him up but i'm not the one who did the experiments on water and that you can impress upon water your intention and if that's a negative destructive um, divisiveness type of energy then the water will crystallize in a very um, not pattern um, not patternized way whereas if you impregnate it or uh, impress with some love unity 
uh, caring, uh, happiness, joy, thoughts, then it would crystallize in beautiful patterns. So you see our metaphysical energy, what we put out. Um, and sadly, I must admit that heavy metal causes the latter. Uh, I mean the former, not the latter. So <laughs> when you play heavy metal, your body is, yeah, it's vibrating at that negative energy. And I love metal, I, I have to admit, but that's what happens. I mean, I mean, you can feel the energy when you listen to metal, uh, heavy metal and, you know, certain, I, I suppose there are some, like maybe Tool, which is a beautiful band, is not as destructive in its harmony, but others are. Um, so in any case, this is not about metal. We're talking about, even though we'll talk about metal here, <laughs> not that type of metal, but actual metal. So yeah, geometry is responsive to metaphysical uh, energy. And likewise, metaphysical energy is responsive to geometry. So this is the basis of sacred geometry. This is why having certain sacred geometries in your house give that positive environment. Whereas, you know, if you have a messy, very, and I've been in environments like this, and you just know that the energy is very heavy. There is a lot of, you can feel this. And even I, who is not a person very sensitive or sensitive at all, with these metaphysical energies. I can feel the heavy, uh, dank, uh, still air in these environments, whereas other ones that are open are very geometrical and they look clean, folded and all of this, that, that does invite to more harmonious uh, state. So, this is what Ra is saying, that the energy, the shape itself is the requirement for this purpose of collecting the energy. And then they say that, of course, you know, if one needs to or wants to house, that means to bring in an entity, then, yeah, it is well that this shape be solid side. So to avoid being inundated by outer stimuli, this is meditation, my friends. This is the meditation that you, you know, it depends. I mean, you can meditate. Uh, in the city. You can sit there and really what you're doing is practicing your uh, your capacity of silencing the environment. But it is not the same as if you were in a closed environment where there is very little uh, interruption by external stimuli. And, you know, meditating in nature, I like to call it contemplation. I mean, contemplation can even be in a closed room with no lights, no music or sounds or anything. You can contemplate your your inner self. But to give a more general use to the word contemplation, to me, is going into nature, looking at the sky, looking at the birds or uh, the grass, the wind moving, and just getting lost there. That is a form of, uh, a form of contemplation, and to me, the highest form of contemplation, just uh, Ra even mentions it, that meditating in a sylvan uh, environment, meaning nature environment, is is helpful. So, you know, if you want a pyramid where you want to be inside and maximize the meditation, then you need to be solid so as to not be bothered by external stimuli. I myself don't care to meditate in a pyramid. I, I know it can be useful, but 
listen, we are pyramids. We're walking pyramids. So why do we care about structures anymore? Plus, we have four density environment here. In any case, we'll move on to question 14, where Don says, then if I just use a wire frame that were four pieces of wire and join at the apex running down to the base and the pyramid were totally open, this would do the same thing to the spiraling light energy. Is this correct? Ra says the concept of the frame as equal to the solid form is correct. However, there are many metals not recommended for use in pyramid shapes designed to aid the meditative process. Those that are recommended are, in your system of barter, what you call expensive, the wood or other natural materials, or the man-made plastic rods will be also of service. So for those who want to build pyramids, here are your requirements. We have spoken already about the angles and the apex and the proportions and ratios and all of that in other sessions. So you have that information there and now you have the materials. So um, first of all, the concept of the frame as equal to the solid form is correct. It doesn't matter if it's completely solid or if it's just like they say, tubes or wires that in and of itself is inviting. It's like, um, you know, when people give the finger is not the same if I give you a thumbs up, you know, it's a, it's, it, it's a sign. It's a, it's a finger as opposed to the finger, you know, it, but it's the symbol what represents. And in reality, in the universe, that's why it's called sacred geometry because nobody can pervert it even though we have tried and that's why we have say the start of David used you know in different ways and the swastika and so on being perverted in some way but they're always going to be perfect in harmony with the universe you can't taint sacred geometry I mean that doesn't go together sacred tainted you know what I mean so um, the shape itself is what matters and attracts that energy or um, concentrates that energy in a way that is useful for the for the entity but then again aside from the shape the materials are important they said don't use baser metals um, which I don't know which are those I think aluminum is one of them um, I think maybe uh, what's the other? I know copper is not because they do build, I don't know, I'm not very good at, at knowing my metals, but but this metal I do know. <laughs> um, so the wood and other natural materials or even plastic can be used for building a pyramid. So go crazy with your cheap materials because the other ones are rather expensive, as Ra says. Even Ra is aware of inflation <laughs> and the expensive materials. So don't build a gold pyramid unless you're rich and wealthy. In that case, surprise us and invite us to your gold golden pyramid. But yeah, plastic will do, wood would do, copper wires would do. Question 15. Don says, why is the spiraling light focus by something as open and simple as four wooden rods join at an apex at an apex angle? Ross says, if you picture light in the metaphysical sense as water and the pyramid shape as a funnel, this concept might become self-evident. 
So we already know all of this. I'm just going to emphasize it after I read the next question. Where Don says, I can see how solid-sided pyramid would uh, act as a funnel. It seems to me that using just the four rods joined at the apex angle would be less sufficient. Can you tell me how they are equivalent to the solid-sided pyramid? Here we go. Ra says, they are unequal in space-time and we recommend for practical use the solid-sided pyramid or other focusing shape in order to give your physical bodily complex respite from outside noise, rain and other distractions to meditation. However, in time-space, one is concerned with the electromagnetic field produced by the shape. An equivalent field is produced by the solid and the open shape. Light is influenced metaphysically by this field rather than by visible shapes. So here is the answer as to why geometry is so powerful, because it emits an electromagnetic field, just like anything else. And this electromagnetic field by the sacred geometry, the pyramid being one of those, because it's a tetrahedron, actually the most basic platonic solid, right? Because then we have the cube, uh, and then we have the um, dodecahedron and icosahedron, and yes, and the octahedron. Is the octahedron a uh, platonic solid? I forgot. I think I'm missing one. Um, but this is it. This is the the reason why sacred geometry is emitting this electromagnetic field. And in time space, well, yeah, they say it's true that in space time, the physical, um, and I just recorded a video on concept of the law of one. If you haven't watched that series, go watch it. I'm gonna leave a link right here and I'm gonna make a note so I don't forget. There we go. Um, yes, go watch that series where I just talk about time, space, and space time. If you are still confused by these two terms or any other term, it's coming out. All of those um, concepts, I'm talking about those. So, in space time, in the physical realm, there is a difference. They are unequal, of course. You know, there's a physical solid one, and then there is one that is open. So, if you want to meditate inside and not be bothered by the outside noise, then, of course, use a solid one. But if you want to use just for the purpose of harnessing and collecting this energy, then definitely use uh, whatever. Whatever that is that you use, just make the, the right proportions, the apex and the angles correct. And so, this is the, the reason why the pyramid itself works in any case just the shape itself. So that's why I read, I think I, did I read two questions? Yes, where Don says, why is aspiring the life focused by something open? And yeah, it's, so the second question explained, question 16 explained better, question 15. As Ross said, if you picture, if you picture light in the metaphysical sense as water, and this is the final thing, you see, funnel, the funnel is getting all the mass of water. And the vortex is doing the same thing. It's just getting all that mass of water in a vortex or in a circular spiraling motion uh, downwards, at least on Earth. Um, and tornadoes are doing the same thing. These are all movements that are 
natural to the universe. This is why we see the storm in uh, Jupiter and it's been there for who knows how long, probably forever. And you know, we just started looking at it 400 years ago or so. And ever since, you know, it's been there and it's changed, but what's changing is just a matter of this moving around the storm. So there is definitely a vortex there. Very, um, very important one for Jupiter, for whatever it may be. So uh, it's a funnel. It works that way. And light in the metaphysical sense as water would work that way. So um, we're moving actually pretty fast here. So go to question 17. How about that? So Don has a very long question here. He says, thank you. That explains it nicely. I apologize for asking so many stupid questions on this, but I am really functioning here with very little knowledge. I do not wish to get into subject matter of no importance. I had assumed that questions about the pyramid were desired by you due to the fact that some danger was involved to some who had misused the pyramid, etc. <laughs> it's so cute of Don. Um, he, um, this is because uh, Ra had mentioned, of course, that because they gave the pyramids, then they have some sort of karmic bond with us and they wanted to uh, clarify some of these stuff. But um, yeah, this is, Don was asking these questions because he thought that Ra wanted to talk about, it. and I guess he sensed that Ra was like, healing, eh, let's not talk about that, pyramids, uh, well, let's not talk about that either, or it's not really that important. <laughs> he doesn't seem, uh, he doesn't see Ra very excited. And you get to know, I mean, after 50 something questions, you know when Ra is excited to talk about something. In any case, rant off. Don says, I am trying to understand the way light works and trying to get a grasp of how everything works together. And I was hoping that questions in this area on the pyramid would help me understand the third distortion, that being light. I'll say, which is light. Now, as I understand it, the pyramid shape acts as a funnel in this way, increasing the, I'll say, density of energy so that the individual may have a greater intensity of actually the third distortion. Is this correct? Ra says, in general, this is correct. So pause here. This is where uh, Don asks and confirms actually the, um, the explanation we have been talking about so far, which is that the pyramid shape is only concentrating that principle of light, light which is omnipresent. And you see, if we go back, I'll show you again. In the text, it is shown as light with a capital L. Can I move it here? Yes, you see, light right at the center of this paragraph. Light is in capital L. So uh, this is the third distortion that they're talking about. So it's intensified this third distortion. And that means that intelligent energy is being intensified within the pyramid by the spiraling energies that it forms due to its shape and structure. And by doing this, it's allowing the entity to uh, be energized or be presented with the, I don't want to use the phrase cookie cutter, but the model 
of how things are harmonized within a pyramid. And as a reflection, do healing, studying, um, and initiation, which are the things that are done inside a pyramid. And so Ra says it is correct, basically, that yeah, light is intensified. Um, I wouldn't say intensify, right? They said greater intensity. I would think it's more organized, yeah? Organized in a way that is congruent with our with our desires, with our natural desires, with our inherent desires to seek the creator. Let me put it that way. So as to not create confusion. So question 18, Don says, then the pure crystalline shape, such as the diamond you mentioned, has been frozen light. It seems that this third density physical manifestation of light is somehow a window or focusing mechanism for the third distortion in the general sense. Is this correct? Ra says, this is basically correct. However, it may be noted that only the will of the crystallized entity may cause interdimensional light to flow through this material. The more regularized the entity and the more regularized the crystal, the more profound the effect. So as opposed to the pyramid, the crystal itself is not working this way. And you see when Don says that uh, the diamonds it seems that okay the window or focusing mechanism for the third distortion there is a difference and that's why Ra said it is correct that the the light itself is being concentrated or being used and this is why people feel some people feel not me I'm very insensitive to this if I haven't mentioned it already <laughs> but uh, for example Julie she can take a crystal and feel it you can play with and she can feel it um, and this is the the focusing of that energy but there is to be noted as Ron says that it is the crystallized entity that may cause the interdimensional light to flow through this material so it's not that it's doing it by itself is the entity I guess with its will right the will of the crystallized entity yeah the more regularized the entity and more focused, narrow, or single-pointed awareness the entity has as the crystallized entity, then and the more regularized the crystal itself, then it would work in synergy, both. So that's why Don, who wasn't a regularized entity um, or crystallized entity as a healer, couldn't use the diamond. Or not that he couldn't use it, but it was too refined. And it really is like, uh, yeah, playing the piano before learning anything about music. So what you're going to do, I mean, you can still use it, but you're not going to create the harmony that someone experience would create. So we're coming up at time, but I'm going to finish this session because we only have three more questions, four more questions, and they're pretty short I believe let's see we can finish the session so question 19 Don says there are many people who are now bending metal doing other things like that by mentally requesting this happen what is happening in that case what are they can you explain what's happening there and Ross says that which occurs in this instance may be likened to the influence of the second spiral of light in a pyramid being 
using used by an entity in a pyramid being used by an entity oh, i love that they say the pyramid being right okay <laughs> all right as this second spiral ends at the apex the light may be likened onto a laser beam in the metaphysical sense and when intelligently directed may cause bending not only in the pyramid but this is the type of energy which is tapped into by those capable of this focusing of the upward spiraling light this is made possible through contact in indigo ray with intelligent energy so people bending metal um i am again speaking of metal we have um the people who were doing this or are still doing this are using and there's more questions about this so i'm just going to cover what's happening here the entity that is doing this is um you can liken it to the second spiral of the light in the pyramid being that would be the second spiral that goes up to the apex to the point of the pyramid on the top and um, the light may be likened in, onto a laser beam in the metaphysical sense and when intelligently directed this focusing uh of the light which is the person the being right um may cause bending not only in the pyramid but this is the type of energy which is tapped into by those capable of this focusing in essence what they're saying here is that the person when having contact with intelligent infinity and other qualities that we're going to talk about here then they can do this kind of work and this is made possible through contact in indigo this is the only important part of this people who bend metal they're having contact or making contact through indigo ray with intelligent energy so done questions further why are these people able to do this they seem to have no training they just are able to do it Ross says they remember the disciplines necessary for this activity which is merely useful upon other true color vibratory experiential next side so they remember um they remember the forgetting <laughs> in essence so don says then you are saying that this wouldn't be useful in our present density. Will it be useful in fourth density on this planet in the very near future? Ra says the end of such energy focusing is to build, not to destroy, and it does become quite useful as, shall we say, an alternative to third density building methods. And Don says, is it also used for healing? Ra says, nope. And let's talk about this now before we get into the second to last question. Actually, the last relevant question. Because I have a little surprise for you at the end that I never give for reasons that I'll explain. But first, a task at hand, which is these people who bend uh, metal, they penetrate the forgetting. So it seems to me that they are obviously wanderers and wanderers who have penetrated the veil and they also remember this particular uh quality or feature of their origin their density of origin which is the useful um manipulation of intelligent energy 
seems to me like this is fifth density. In fourth density, you may start working with this, but you master it in fifth density, or at least you're a master with this in fifth density. It seems to me, because they say that you can, you create your body of light and you can travel and manifest yourself anywhere. This is fifth density work. So people who do this, I think it's the same as, you see, being able to do something like bending metal is no different than people who talk to crystals or can listen to crystals or other things like that. These are things that, although they are somewhat present in third density because those are the lessons that we're learning, that everything is alive, uh, I think these people are piercing the veil. And so if you have any of these qualities, then trust me, you are using, you're penetrating the veil somehow. Speaking of the veil and of my series, if I haven't mentioned it already, you should find it up here. Um, I'm talking about the veil as well. So if you want to go check that out, it'll enhance your knowledge about the veil in the law of one. So that's what they're doing. They're penetrating the veil just like anybody else who's penetrating the veil and using their abilities here to heal, to do uh, teaching, to uh, remember the law of one. You think that's not penetrating the veil? Oh yeah. Anything that you remember out of this material, which you think is learning. Oh, thank you, Gabe, for teaching me. I'm not teaching you. I'm just refreshing what you already know. I'm helping you. I'm, I'm showing you the window in which you can uh, open up and see through the veil and say, oh yeah, thank you. You can thank me for that, but not for teaching you. You are just remembering. And so, uh, yes, the fact that they do metal bending is just fantastic for us because we think it's a superpower. It's not. It's not a superpower. Um, nothing is a superpower. Everything is available to everybody. I'm not saying, you know, they're not special, but they aren't special. <laughs> uh, if they are special, then we're all special. And if they're not special, then we're not special. So there's nothing. I just don't want to put it as, you know, wow. You know, it's the wow. Let me give you something which I think is funny here. This is all considered magic. Oh, it's magical that people do this stuff. And so, because we have watched too many uh, Marvel and DC superhero uh, movies, and we have watched so many paranormal movies and read books and science fiction and the superpowers of monsters and heroes alike, we think is it's, it's deserving of a big wow. And sure, you know, we can see it that way. But just like when we, we, we think it's funny that somebody who is not at all uh, familiarized with technology, say an aborigin of some distant land, and you show them your phone, and they think, wow, that's magic. Because they see something that is, you know, it's, it's unexplainable to them. And to us, it's just funny because we're like, Dude, this is just electronics, you know. We we know this technology, so it's not magic to us. To us, it's just like, oh, it's so depressing. My phone is so depressing. <laughs> Gives me anxiety and everything else. You know, in the same way, this technology of consciousness is known in the, in the East, or at least in some cultures that preserve this. And certainly, when what we call miracles happen, to them it's just, it's amazing that it happened, just like when we find new technology, we say, wow, that's awesome, but we don't think it's magic. They don't think it's magic. They know it's awesome, but they don't assign any special qualities to it. 
They don't think the person who devised it is supposed to be a god, you know, even though in the West we still regard some of the people that, you know, create all this technology gods, you know, just, just because they make a lot of money and so on. <laughs> but you get the point. For people who know the technology of consciousness, this is not magic. And likewise, again, with Jesus, we would think, oh my God, he's a huge being, a God, you know, he is the son of God because he performed miracles. If he would have done that in India or China, they would have said like, oh great, you know, you are a healer, you're awesome, but you're not anything special. This doesn't surprise us, this doesn't impress us beyond what we already know. And I'm talking about the very few, I'm not talking all of China or all of India, of course, you know, there's just these these places where where the culture and the understanding of the technology of consciousness is so advanced that yeah we um, we we don't find it too miraculous or superpower then of course Don asks if this is um, for use for healing Rasas no and then we get into the second to last question which I'll cover here question 23 Don says is there any advantage in attempting to develop these characteristics or being able to bend metal, etc.? What I am trying to say is that are these characteristics a signpost of the development of an entity or are they something else? For instance, as an entity develops through his indigo, would a signpost of his development be this bending? Rag gives a beautiful answer here and says, this will be the last full query of this working. Let us specify the three spirals of light energy which the pyramid exemplifies. Firstly, the fundamental spiral which is used for study and for healing. Second, the spiral to the apex which is used for building. Thirdly, the spiral spreading from the apex which is used for energizing. Contact with indigo ray need not necessarily show itself in any certain gift or guidepost as you have said. There are some whose indigo energy is that of pure being and never is manifested. Yet all are aware of such an entity's progress. Others may teach or share in many ways contact with intelligent energy. Others continue in unmanifested form seeking intelligent infinity. I'll finish it up. Thus the manifestation is a lesser signpost than that which is sensed or intuited about a mind-body-spirit complex. This violet ray beingness is far more indicative of true self. Are there any brief queries or small matters we may clear up if we can before we leave this instrument? And so that was the second to last question. I have one more that I'm going to cover and you'll find out why. But Don is asking in essence, let me put it just very simple and straight. Is this a signpost that people are developing their indigo ray, that they can do this miraculous stuff or superpower stuff? And Ra says, well, let us talk about the spirals. And the first of the spirals of the pyramid, uh, it's, it's funny that Don left the pyramids aside and Ra's going back to pyramids. <laughs> but again, I guess it, it it's helpful to, um, this is actually very interesting because we ourselves are also a sort of 
pyramid. Um, our energy centers are working in a similar fashion. You see the apex of the pyramid, this part that is in the, uh, the indigo ray, it's equal to that. And so the first spiral is used for study and for healing. So uh, it, that's actually really interesting. So yeah, the second spiral to the apex, which is used for building, this is the one that is actually used uh, for, for, for this work. And then the third spiral, which is out of the pyramid, this is the one that's coming out. That one is the one used for energizing. That's the one that we use when we use a pyramid, a small pyramid under our pillow, bed, chair, whatever, uh, to energize the body. This is the type of energy that is used. The one from the third spiral. The second spiral is the one that is used for building. And that is the one equal to indigo ray activation. Now, Ra says, contact with indigo ray need not necessarily show itself in any certain gift or guidepost, as you have said. Basically, you contacting indigo, uh, intelligent infinity uh, through the indigo ray doesn't have to show as a superpower or something manifested. Uh, let me stop using the word superpower. Um, it shouldn't show as a certain gift or guidepost, as Don said. It doesn't need to be manifested. I think that's the word here. There are some whose indigo energy is that of pure being and never is manifested. So, you know, um, say a somebody as Ramana Maharshi, for example, or, or um, even Krishnamurti, I would say, they had, to me, uh, contact with indigo energy. I mean, so many. I'm just using a couple of examples, but they they didn't manifest anything. They didn't do anything, you know, um, amazing to us, to to the ones unaware of this technology. But everybody is aware of such entities' progress. I mean, it's obvious. You can see when people have uh, progress in their path towards activation of the indigo ray. And so they say others may teach or share in many ways contact with intelligent energy. It would be healing, teaching, sharing. Others continue in unmanifested form, seeking intelligent infinity. So simply not manifesting anything, they just continue to seek. And that is the inward path to me. And so the manifestation is a lesser signpost than that which is sense or intuitive about a mind-body-spirit complex. The violet ray beingness is far more indicative of true self. That would be your crown chakra. So, you know, these, these people that use uh, intelligent energy this way for metal bending, it could mean, I mean, it's a signpost that they are not from third density and certainly that they, they remember some, but that doesn't mean that they're completely balanced and they have pure beingness. They may, but I don't think that, you know, it, it shows that. Uh, it could be just something that it's a quality that they are using but they haven't uh, really recognized why why they would do that so again i'm speculating a little bit but that's um that's a clear indication that you know we don't need to manifest anything to know that we are progressing towards indigo ray you can be you know an unknown person in the world and indeed 
a lot of people have been unknown to the world that are beyond anybody that we can even remember from our history. We just know those that have made it to um, through the records of history. So, last question that I have, and a little surprise is the last question actually, where Don says, well, I did have a question on what you meant by the third spiral. And if that is too long, I would ask if there is anything that we can do to make the instrument more comfortable or improve the contact. So I included this last question. I never included it because it's a kind of um, typical saying of everything's fine and so on. But Don did ask a question, so I want to read what Ross said. Ross says, we may answer briefly. You may query in more detail if you deem it desirable at another session. If you picture the candle flame, you may see the third spiral. This instrument is well balanced. The accoutrements are aligned well. You are conscientious. I am Ra. I leave you, my friends, in the love and in the light of the one infinite creator. Go forth, therefore, rejoicing in the power and the peace of the one infinite creator. Adonai. Adonai is the end of this session. So like I said, I never cover this because it's usually the same answer every time. But again, don't ask a question. Ra said that to picture the candle flame, you can picture actually the, uh, to picture the candle flame, to picture the third spiral. And Ra said, picture the candle flame, which is you may see where you may see the third spiral. Um, I suppose this is the energy coming out of the candle and it's manifested that way. It's like that intensification, energizing of the candle. I don't know. Um, it's funny that we do meditate on candles. There is meditations on staring at a candle flame. And I haven't done it, but I have been recommended that a lot by several people and I just haven't done it. So, um, yeah, this is what, um, what we have for question, uh, not question, session 58. Conclusions. We did it. We made it to the end of session 58 in one shot. I went over the hour a little bit, but who cares? Now, we talked about healing and, uh, and pyramids. Again, lots of pyramids. I don't think there's much that we haven't covered already, but just a refresher that healing is something that is done by us. We don't need anything. We don't need crystals. We don't need a healer. We don't need to learn anything about healing other than to um, accept or assimilate those the same teachings that are told over and over again over time, which is accept yourself, accept yourself, and meditation is the key thing for me. I know some people don't like to meditate. I guess that's fine. Just dedicate some time to yourself and to yourself, not to an external self or an external aspect of yourself. Just to you in, in silence and in quiet. Just even if it's in nature, it, just dedicate some time to you. I don't think there's much to say there. So. With that, not much of a conclusion here, but um, again, this, this session was 
sort of repetitive in some some of the things that we already knew and um, I wish I could extract more but I'm just gonna keep talking for the sake of talking thank you so much for being part of this as I usually say and what I mean that or what I mean with that is just I guess I'm grateful for you to be awake on this same path of learning and learning in the way you see I, I like to use words that I like to use words that are common but not probably not well um, understood learning in this sense is when you just want to learn when you have the desire to learn you have that uh, impetus of of learning and that's what I mean you know with wanting to learn this and just enjoy let's just have fun with this knowledge let's let's put it that way let's have fun with this knowledge so i'm grateful for you to exist in this way and i'm grateful that we got rid of session 58 it wasn't that very interesting as you can see <laughs> so with that said in the description box you find all kinds of links new podcasts you can listen to it in spotify google podcasts and um I forget the other one, Spotify, Google, and iTunes. If you don't use iTunes, I don't, but it's available there. Podcasts and The Law of One, you can listen to this as well in those podcasts. Find all of that in the description if you like. Thank you again, and I'll see you in session 59.